JJ, welcome back to the show. You have the privilege, the distinction, the honor. I believe you at this point are the guest who's appeared the most on Software Defined Talk. Let me just ask you right now, how does that feel? Is it on the resume already? It's it's yes. Like I'm I'm actually beaming right now. I I never I never thought I would actually get that honor to be the 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 most per, the most the the most often guest on SDT the the. You made it. You, I mean, your your life is 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 never get bigger than this. You're. Uh, I don't know. I was trying to look it up before we started recording Saturday Night Live. It's like, are you like the Tom Hanks? The uh, like I can't remember like which person has guest hosted SNL the most. It's like, uh, or uh, Alec Baldwin or like I don't know. I have to find out what it is. You're you whatever that person is. You are that that to the show. So it comes with great responsibility. Um, it comes with, uh, no, uh, payment. Of course, there's absolutely no, uh, there's nothing like that. So it's, it's a purely emotional high that you can ride, but you can ride it as much as you want. Think of it that way. I love it. Well, <laughs> well, you do pay me in stickers or you used to, and then I did <laughs> hand true. those stickers out. Just, That's, just true. That's true. That's <laughs> true. I'll have to load you up. I'll load you up. All right. For longtime <laughs> listeners, you know, him. he needs no introduction. He's a longtime friend of the show. He's no SSH JJ. Uh, but right now, JJ, what's your day job right now? You work at IBM. What are you doing over there? Yeah, uh, I'm a developer advocate for the IBM cloud. Um, the, the joke I say uh, to, to friends and, and family and hell, might as well say it out here too, is that uh, I'm there to make the IBM cloud, I'm there to be a resource for people to say that the IBM cloud has humans there to go there. Um, my, my email address really is awesome at IBM.com where you can reach me. Like I, when I go out on stage, I present, I'm like, Hey, no, like really, if you don't have to go through the salespeople or anything like that, if you would just have questions about the IBM cloud, my job is to be there, to be a human that you can actually talk to. How fantastic is it? You got awesome at IBM.com that I'm like, you know, as I think back, did you just go into the tool and just like, and just do the quick alias request and no one even thought about it? Was that how it went down? Well, the, the, the short story is, is they gave me JJA at IBM.com. And I'm like, okay. nobody knows me as that. Can I have yeah. JJ mm-hmm. at IBM.com? No, that's like, got to be taken. Sorry. Yeah. So, no, they were like, sorry, sir. We can't do that. I'm like, oh. why is that? It needs three letters. Three oh, letters. Lotus okay. Notes. Yes. Oh, Lotus oh, Notes. What? Lotus Notes. That's true. Oh. All right. So you so, got awesome. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I went through the process and I found, uh, found it. And then uh, when I put in for the, the request... I put a bunch of like JJ Asgar, things like that. And then finally the last one, cause I could have five. I was like, eh, I'll put awesome in. Why not? Let's see what happens. A little window popped up and it said, please put a business justification in for this. And I said, because I'm awesome submit 24 hours later. I got, you got it. it. No, it's fantastic. No, I actually thought IBM, you know, my secretary, that was, you know what? I mean, this is a very, this is in the weeds, but like it was very easy to request email aliases. Like you could get new ones all the time and you could pretty much get like, as long as you didn't have a too common a name, like you could get the thing that you want to go by. Like they'll give you one, but then they're like, yeah, but you can get what you really want. So awesome. All right. I'm going to email it now. I'm adding it right now as we speak. I'm adding this to many email lists around the world. Awesome at JJ. Or it's like awesome. That would be better. Awesome at JJ.com. But awesome at IBM.com. All right. Well, listen, uh, we'll put a link uh, to your streaming and stuff. We'll talk a little bit more what you're doing. But listen, this is as close to we get as an emergency podcast on Software Defined Talk. We've had uh, a lot of activity this week talking about Chef. You, as listeners will know, and maybe even if they heard some of the other uh, interviews, used to work at Chef. And I thought, hey, let's you and I, let's just get on because I think there's been a lot of talk. I think we both have opinions on what's going on at Chef. 
and uh, let's, you know, I don't know, share our thoughts, uh, if you will, yes. in, in a hopefully a helpful and constructive way. Well, you, the listener, can, can be the judge <laughs> if we achieve that at the end. Um, but let's kind of like go into it. Like if uh, for some reason you're listening to this podcast and, and you don't know what Chef is, uh, one, I don't know how that is possible, but okay, congratulations. <laughs> but like, let's give them a quick uh, overview. Uh, JJ, you used to work there. Give me the quick elevator pitch. What does Chef do? Uh, the way I used to describe Chef to people who knew nothing about what Chef was is I used to say it was the red solo cups of the internet. <laughs> okay. Really? It all really right. was. Okay. Um, we all know what those solo cups are. They're at every single party or barbecue when we were allowed to be at a par- party and barbecue, and they were everywhere. But nobody really knew where they came from. I mean, obviously, they came from solo, but nobody really knew where it comes from. And that's what Chef was at one point. It was the glue that kept the majority of the internet uh, at a at a level uh, working, where it was configuration management at a global and um, Herculean scale. And then they moved into some compliance and they moved into some other automation. But the bread and butter of what Chef was, was a way to programmatically create VMs to do something. Um, there's a lot more there, but that was the elevator. Yeah, the gist of it. And I think, you know, I, I think we talked about this in a couple episodes ago. I think as we were kind of talking about the acquisition initially, it's like Chef and Puppet. And, you know, I mean, really, as we kind of, and I won't rehash that too much. I think we can go back and look at them as like some of the companies most associated with bringing DevOps kind of into the world. Like at one point, certainly when people thought about DevOps and things like that, they were often referring to Chef and and Puppet. And of course, we know DevOps is much more than any one product or tool. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just trying to say like, if you will, like, you know, they are the company's foundational that really, if you uh, help bring these movements to the forefront. So uh, and the other uh, quick uh, shout out to the past was uh, Adam Jacob, right? He was uh, the co-founder of uh, mm-hmm. Chef. And uh, we actually interviewed him a while back, so I'll put a link into the show notes. If you want to hear more about like the story of like, where Chef came from, you should go listen to that interview, and he can tell you more about it. Now, central to Chef, I think, is the fact that you know it was a founded very much with an open source mindset, right? And mm-hmm. it was, if you will, uh, lots of things, um, if you will, tried to be open source. But I think you could. I'm going to just say my opinion. Like Chef, sort of like lived the values of open source about as good as any company can possibly mm-hmm. do it. And so from that, I just thought like, you know, I, I've, I met you and you, you were working there, obviously Matt Ray's uh, working there. Um, but like, what about the chef culture? Like why is chef um, so beloved? Right. I think it, it was really <laughs> a community of people that went beyond, Hey, we're just doing open source to being like, this is a group of people that really enjoy working on this project. And it really became kind of a beloved group within, um, I don't know, let's say the larger IT DevOps community. Like, wh- like, what do you think? Why did that happen at Chef? I'll, I'll just tell you a story of how I fell in love with the Chef community. And I think maybe it's a nice microcosm of the whole story or the whole narrative. Um, so before I joined Chef's, Chef Software uh, here in town, uh, in, I'm in Austin also, um, there was, I was working in a small startup um, that was a rail shop. And um, basically, I walked in there not fully understanding what I was getting myself into, blah, blah, blah. And I found uh, they were they were already running Chef there to do a lot of their Rails development. Um, I had come from a, actually the Puppet world, um, so I wasn't too sure about this whole Ruby thing. Um, I was using the, pu- the Puppet language. And I jumped onto this IRC channel on Freenode called um, Octothorpe Chef, or that's just me being pretentious, pound chef or whatever you want to call it, or hashtag <laughs> right. chef. Um, now, 
I still remember the moments I jumped in there when I had problems on IRC, didn't know who anyone was. And I was like, hey, I'm trying to get this thing called Knife OpenStack working. And I can't seem to get it to do what I wanted to get done. There was one gentleman in there whose name was Jay Timberman, uh, now Joshua Timberman, Timberman. He went out of his way to answer every single small question I had about how to use Knife, which was the, one of the main interfaces to this OpenStack cluster we were running at the time. Uh, fast forward a handful of months, it's uh, actually my birthday. And um, I remember that I was actually doing, uh, working on Knife Rackspace at the time because Rackspace was still an open, uh, OpenStack cloud and we were running all our stuff in Rackspace. And I was having, I was typing along, working on something and um, uh, Jay Timberman was like, hey JJ, how about we just hop on this like Google Meet real fast and or Google Hangout at the time. Um, and let me just walk me through this. And I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah, like, like let's just let's just do some pair programming and figure it out. And I, I hopped on, and then this other man, uh, this other name of Holloway, hopped into the channel or was on the channel. Was like, oh, I wish I could be there. Um, have try these couple things. I, I got to go to another meeting. Blah blah blah. So I hop onto this 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 hangout with Timberman, and um, he sh he shows me some stuff. We get through it, and I'm like, hey man, thank you so much. This was uh. This, this is a, like the best birthday present I could have ever had because you got me past these humps so I could go to like have my birthday lunch or whatever. Right. I find out after the fact that that Holloway person was Adam Jacob. Was, oh. was there debugging it with us too. And, and the, the, this, just, this ability to just come to the forefront of like I was rando human on IRC, random part of the day. They dropped what they were doing was willing to sit there and work with me to, to, to try to figure out the problem that I had with their software. And it, it became a microcosm of how I started doing Chef at all because I started, I saw how beautiful that was. So when I started teaching Chef people, that's exactly what I do. And then it, it for lack of really bad pun, um, not even a pun, I guess, bad, bad timing, um, it became like a virus through the community right. where people would be willing to just sit down and work with you. And, and the meetups were people bringing out their laptops and just, just trying to figure out how to get this framework, this, this language, to do all that really boring stuff you had to do as a sysadmin programmatically and repeatably. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. That's a great story. And I think, you know, if you listen to that inter uh, interview with Adam Jacob, I mean, the thing that comes through when he's telling the story of like where Chef came from is just his passion to like solve the problem. Right. And I think he told a bunch of stories, you know, I'll just, I'm going to summarize like an entire podcast in like one sentence, but it was like, it used to be so hard to do X right to the point that, you know, he was sort of frustrated and wanted to fix it and wanted it to be better and kind of had the vision for like what it could be. And that's really the genesis of chef. And I think under Adam, at least when Adam, you know, I think his passion was always like, I'm going to solve this problem so that everybody in the world can benefit from it. And I want everyone in the world to take advantage of it. And I think that's like the ethos of what, um, what, where chef came from. And I think maybe, you know, I think that's what carried it through with such a passionate community. And I don't, you know, all open source projects are different and nothing is really the same. But, you know, the other thing that stuck out to me is uh, I only went to, I think one, uh, yeah, I think one chef conf, right? Like, so that was, mm -hmm. I went to the one here in Austin several years ago and, you know, that conference, you know, as, as someone that's been to many conferences, it really stuck out to me as different because 
it really was a one. It was a, a group. It was kind of like a reunion a little bit, like mm-hmm. lots of people um, knew each other and like would come in. And, that, and when I say that, not just the people at Chef, but like, you know, customers that have been using it for a long period of time. Uh, contributors to it, um, really coming together. And then I think it was Nathan, right? He was uh, like chief community officer or something at that point, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he, he must have like hugged. I mean, this is all pre-pandemic, so mm-hmm. it sounds crazy now to say that, but he must have hugged like 8,000 people. Like, you know, yep. um, you know he was, the, the passion that he brought on stage for the community and, and, and really trying to get everyone together, like it's just different. Like it was, a, I don't know how else to say it other than like, you know, it felt very, very different. I mean, everything to just like, you know, I used to talk about how, like, that was one of my favorite DJs. Like they had like a mm-hmm. DJ from Portland. Matt Ray always tells me who the name is. I forgot it, but mm-hmm. he would be up there, you know, kind of uh, mm-hmm. running the board, right? So there's a lot of interesting music. And then you know, Adam would get up there. And I think Adam like traditionally took like a closing picture sort of with like him and some of the community at the front and then the audience behind. So if you go yeah. look at, uh, some of the history, right? You can actually see, I think maybe the first chef comp is like, I don't know. It's like a meetup. It's very small. Mm-hmm. This is like at the beginning. And then you see, uh, it get bigger and bigger and bigger. And actually I posted that photo as the cover art in there. So you can go check it out. So you kind of see like, I mean, it really, it was just this passionate community. People really loved it, you know, solving the problems. Um, and then, so, you know, obviously, but we're do- the reason we're doing this today. So it wasn't all, <laughs> it's not all happy, right? <laughs> is that, Chef got acquired by uh, Progress, I guess, a few weeks ago that was announced. So I think we covered that on the show. It's $220 million. Is, um, is it Progress or Progressive? I oh, can progressive. never remember. Sorry. I'm, 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 just, I'm, I'm kidding. Just... No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> no, it's I'm Progress. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm... It is Progress. But... <laughs> okay, sorry. I oh, I mean, <laughs> well, you know, I'm always like doing the bad research. So I'm always like thinking it's my mistake. But no, it is Progress. All right. So it is Progress. Um, so, you know, we covered that on the show a few episodes so get you know they get acquired for 220 million i think you know probably at that point like coach and i sort of had some broad conversation around interesting we don't know that much about progress going to be kind of interesting to see what they do with it right and so that's and um you know i think maybe maybe that's i i actually didn't know anything so i, I can't say i had any skepticism at all i think it was just more like oh interesting right now when it happened, I did get some people like in the back channel, people are like, Oh, I don't know. Later a little bit, like right after it happened, they were just like, Oh, not so sure this is going to go well. This isn't necessarily the right fit. Not sure why the company did it. And we even talked a little bit, speculated on the show a little bit, like maybe there were other people that were bidding for it. That could have been a better fit, you know, no real knowledge of that, but, but, you know, you just kind of take it for what it's worth. You're just like, okay. Um, and it did seem like from the blog post and things like that, that, you know, I got that. It was like, well, this is the message was like, they're going to be really good stewards of this product, right? This is where chef belongs. Right. And so, you know, that sort of like sets up where we are today that, you know, this past week, as you've, if you've been following this on Twitter, you know, you know, what's come to light is that some percentage of the technical staff has been you know, laid off, you know, from the company. Um, some percentage of the staff has also been told that they'll, they will be leaving after they do some potential training of replacements. Right. And I think, you know, the way it reads, and I think and the thing, two things that come into mind when I kind of just been kind of watching it online is like, one, people were clearly surprised. I don't think a lot of these people saw it coming. I mean, just the way that they've been responding um, and you kind of watching it on Twitter. And then two, like you see the broader community kind of really, I mean, it's, it is sort of like uh, watching a, a loved one go through like a bad episode, right? Um, yeah. That like, I've seen a lot of people that are not necessarily at Chef today. Maybe there's people just using Chef or just in the larger Porta community, like be really disappointed, like kind of almost angry that this has happened, right? So yeah. that to me is is kind of what um, 
kind of just jumped out to me is like the, the, and I think this is kind of the measurement. I know it's sort of like a weird backhanded compliment here, but the, the passion that I've seen on Twitter about this going on just sort of like mm-hmm. is an indication of like how strong the community is. Cause I think there's lots of companies that like maybe something this would go on and not a word would be said. It was just like, yeah. this is as usual. Um, so this kind of takes us to, so I guess I would come out to, you know, one, you know, if we kind of look ahead, like what's your take on this, JJ? Did you like, do you think I missed anything there? Do you agree it was a surprise? Do you agree that, you know, potentially this doesn't look like it was really handled the right way? Like, what have you been hearing? So th- this is, this is all skeptical or not skeptical, but this is all like just random. Well, these are my thoughts, right? Yeah. The whole yeah no, I, all, um, all personal opinions here today. All, yeah, yeah, yeah. All day long. Um, okay, good. Um, so first thing first is that what what does progress have that we know that that we we all identify as a product? And I looked at their their thing. It's a what's up gold. That's the only thing that it looks remotely like from from the where I sit in the world. That's the only product that I see. I don't see how personally. I don't see how Chef fits in their ecosystem, um, which is a weird feeling already off the bat. Then, with the amount of work that is required for chef to be successful at any single company. It is a, it, it, it is, it is a sprawling world of, of expertise. You need to know so much to be able to be successful with chef. But when you get past, get to that summit and are successful, your life is amazing. You mm-hmm. no longer get woken up at three in the morning. Things just work and things self heal. But that learning curve is hard. I mean, over time you get used to it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and if also if you go whole hog into that world using the TDD way of doing infrastructure and all that, that's really, really important. Now, how actually Chef is built, um, CINC, um, CINC is not Chef, which is the <laughs> fork of, right. of Chef that takes all the, the, um, the, trademark stuff out of it yep if you do yourself a favor especially if you're if you listen to this podcast obviously you have feels in this world but if you've never actually looked at cinc cinc walk through the build process what they do it is bonkers it is really really hard now take that one step farther that means that's on the outside world there's so much more underneath Chef for like the random different processors out there, all the different versions. That means that release engine team inside of Chef is experts in insane hardware. I don't know about you, but those people are normally pretty expensive right. to be able to get that amount of knowledge. And Progress is famous, famous for taking software development um, orgs stripping them down to the bare minimum and then shipping it off, 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 um, off seas out, outside of America. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, where you can throw more bodies. At the yeah. Side. Like lower cost development centers, right. Mm-hmm. Changing exactly. out people. Yep. Which I completely understand in a lot of business cases that makes, that, that can make a lot of sense, but there's a book that I stole from Matt Ray called the mythical man month that told me that nine women cannot have a baby in one month. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Right. Yes. And I, don't I genuinely don't think progress thought this through. They saw that like it, it's it's there's um I think I have a feeling somebody had some Excel spreadsheet somewhere, saw the cost of all the different use this stuff, 
saw the ARR, saw all the numbers, and they're like, oh, okay, if we just cut here, 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 we'll be able to get, we'll be able to offshoot this over to somewhere else to get the same level of support to continue this going and then just kind of let it, you know, survive as long as it can. From an MBA standpoint, from a business standpoint, I totally get it. You know, that's, you want your money back from what you just spent on. Right. I get that. I don't think they did the research in how hard it is to use Chef, how hard it is to support Chef, how much knowledge you have to do to be successful with Chef at a, at a, at a macro level. I would be very shocked that the people who made these decisions and got this advice ever even installed and got a simple server to work with Chef. Like I, I would be shocked if they even walked through learn.chef.io just to see what it is. Like the, the, the products they have are all GUI based, right? They're all like clicky clicky and things like that for the ones that I saw from progress. Chef is a command line writing code. It's a language, right? Like there's a huge disparity there that I genuinely feel in whatever X plus time is right now to when they realize this, they're going to be very, very, very upset. Yeah, and I think that's a good place to start with the, all of this because I think let's let's try to analyze it for, first from a business standpoint, right? And I think the first thing we got to think about when our investment bankers show up with their powerpoints and they're pitching us on like, hey, this is an a, an acquisition we should do. Like the first thing is we have to understand is like literally what makes like why is this asset, this company in this case, Chef valuable? So I think what I'm just just watching this and like rereading some of the press releases, I think one miscalculation here or one thing I don't think they assigned the right value to was chef is obviously a development tool built for developers, SREs and others, but it's also, you know, embraced as we've kind of already covered this idea of open source in a very strong way. And so mm-hmm. kind of back to when you've done this, like the community is a tremendous part of the value of chef, yes. right? It is like, you know, much more so, than many other products, you know, and certainly, you know, to kind of go to the other extreme would be, you know, a, a product that has never been open source. It's like, you know, just what you just said there, we're just kind of categorize them. Uh, uh, a small utility, it doesn't have to even be small, a utility, it's uh, a GUI base, not necessarily, uh, it can require a lot of expertise, but it's not something that, you know, necessarily dev- developed to like write code in, right? Like you can kind of exactly. mention what's up gold and others. And that it has uh, potentially a large customer base. Maybe it has uh, recurring SaaS re- revenue. Maybe it has recurring maintenance revenue. But, you know, in that case, right, what does it not have? It doesn't have a strong community. It doesn't have this strong open source mm-hmm. community. So when you value that company, it is much more spreadsheet uh, investment banker driven, right? Like how long, you know, how much money does it cost to run this business? What's the revenue that it runs? What's the likely growth rate? Do some discounted cash flow. And, you know, you come back with some kind of price, right? That makes yep. a lot of sense. So this, and that is very common in private equity. That'll go on forever, right? I don't, I think mm-hmm. that is fine. That is a, and then many people see that. And many times that is a great exit for the people that have built that, that product, especially yep. in the case when it's a small group of people been working on it for a really long time, you know, they kind of get to the, they're ready to get, you know, move on. And they, there's not necessarily a next place to take that product. That's the perfect exit. You know, it's the perfect way to like maintain it. So in this case, I feel like, you know, just like watching this is like, that's the analysis that was done here. Right. But they really discounted the community or didn't properly, you know, factor that in. And then two, 
like, you know, it's not so much that it's not only did they not value like what the community was, I don't necessarily think at least in the short term, they valued like, you know, the negativity that the community can bring because if people start to move away from, you know, kind of, or perceive the community as, as uh, not as strong as before, right. Then you, you already mentioned it before. Like there is an open source version of chef that I'm not going to try to say the acronym because I never get it right, but you know, you can go get all of that. Right. And you can go in that, that community, you know, may decide to shift their efforts there, right. Going forward. Right. Because that, that was kind of, you know, something that again, Adam Jacob talked a lot about, you know, you know, like if you want chef, you need to use chef, you know, the source code, like chef is more than just the source code, right? I mean, this yeah. is kind of like his, his pitch. And again, go listen to the podcast. He does it better. Um, but now that like the community, I think is going to reevaluate itself a little bit here. Like one, is this the tool that I want to invest in for my automation and, you know, um, needs going forward? I think that's the first question. Then two, it's like, well, if I am going to participate in this, like, where am I going to put my effort? Am I putting my effort in chef or am I going to put my effort in the open source alternative or am I going to do something different? So I think like, to me, that's a, like, I'm very interested to watch this. So, I mean, that I'll just take the devil's advocate of my own position would be like, Hey, people don't care. Money is money. The people that have chef are going to pay maintenance regardless. And this is a little blip in the radar, but you know, ultimately in a few months, everyone will forget and like everything will just go back to the same growth. And I guess, you know, maybe that's the calculation they made. I just don't feel like necessarily they thought through it all. I, I, I also want to highlight that the community, the chef, the traditional chef community that, that we all we all loved and, and, and appreciated was already on the rocks due to some of the changes that the executives had made um, with the licensing, if you remember that also. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of internal, uh, or I should say, a lot of the community, there was a lot of community backlash about how that was going to work and how the, 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 the money for Chef was going to work with uh, the... the um, the license agreement that came out that mm-hmm. they re- redid all that stuff. And that's why CINC came out to be, to become that story. So they could do the red hat uh, fedora thing. Right. And, and so there was already a split there, right there. The, it already like you already, for lack of a better term, forked your community right. where there was the ones that were going to be purely doing this. I know um, the OSL uh, Oregon state, no OSLU. Lance and over in, in Oregon. Okay. I don't know. Does that have to go with that? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Can't but, help but, it. <laughs> amazing. Amazing engineer. Right. Um, he, he's, 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 he's in my mind, he's like the CIN. He, he basically lived and breathed the OpenStack um, chef ecosystem. And a lot of their OSL inside of Oregon, there's Oregon State Labs, I think it is. There okay. It is. Um, all runs on chef. And because of that fork, I'm 95% sure he delved directly into CINC because he could not afford that 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 fork that happened there. And now with this next fork that has happened with um, with progress and the changes there, that 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 tree, if you will, um, is just going to start wilting, and everyone's going to either go down the CINC route again. Everyone's going to show up on there to do the fedora upstream. Or I guess it'd be downstream, but anyway, um, or they're just going to find something else. Yeah, and that's going to the, the the ARR just isn't going to be there in the long term, and I, I'm 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 sad. 
Yeah. Really well, is. I think, I mean, I think we're all kind of sad. And I think that's going to be the question going forward is like, does, you know, and again, like I kind of already made the counter argument. It's like, you know, you can say, Hey, you know, finance people, people using it don't care, but I think this case is different. Right. And I think it's like, it warrants more discussion. And I think, you know, to go back and even kind of think about a little bit more about, let's kind of talk about the employee situation right there. Right. And I think to do that, let's go back and look at the acquisition a little bit. So, you know, I think it was, we talked about on the previous program that, you know, Chef sold out for $220 million. First of all, that's phenomenal that anyone can build anything that gets sold for that amount of money. That always goes without saying. But what is clear now, I think in retrospect, and even, you know, whether it's Puppet or any of the other large, you know, vendors in the space is that, that if we go back five or 10 years ago, whenever we say this all started, there was probably the hope, the dream, the possibility that these would all grow up to be unicorn type companies, mm-hmm. billion dollar type uh, things, mm-hmm. right? So now... You know, it didn't happen, right? And I think, you know, for what, and we could probably talk about like why or why not it didn't happen. So we kind of go forward though and we say, what has happened now is we have a group of investors, right, and a management team sort of running it. And it's clear that to that group of people, it isn't going to be worth billions of dollars. I don't think I'm breaking any news by saying that. So the perspective that they have, and I think as an investor or somebody on the board, is well, I'm thinking of the shareholders. I'm thinking of the shareholder return. Mm-hmm. And um, it's time that I, I want to give the money back from this investment, give it back to the investors and allow them to go reallocate that to something different. So that's sort of like one mindset. And I think, you know, you have that, but then you also have, you know, a group of employees and community that are very passionate. And I'm going to go so far as to say, like, really enjoyed their job working at on Chef, working, helping people solve those problems every day. And making, you know, probably very good, you know, six-figure salaries, right? And really, if you will, if you think about satisfaction in life, right, it's like I don't think any of the people work. I'm going to try to <laughs> do something dangerous, speak for all of them. It's like I don't think any of them necessarily thought, like, I'm going to get incredibly rich at Chef. I think a lot of those people felt like I really like working at Chef. Mm-hmm. I like what I'm doing. And all indications, even in some of the recent press releases, is that Chef was was profitable, was doing well mm-hmm. in the sense of doing well defined as good revenue growth, not unicorn revenue growth, but like profitable business doing well. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, this is another thing that like sometimes like I think people miss is like really divergent interest here. Right. Like if I'm someone that's like I'm not going to get rich no matter if this thing sells or does does or does not sell. I just really like what I'm doing and I would prefer to like keep doing this job in this structure you know, your, your motivation is very much like, let's keep the status quo. I don't want to see it to be sold out. Right. I really mm-hmm. like it. And then if you're on the investor side, you're like, my responsibility is to like allocate capital and I need to move this capital to something that I think is going to return at a higher rate. I understand that side of it, but you can kind of see like right away when these acquisitions happens, like how, how competing these, if you will, these um, mm-hmm. different ideals are. Right. And I think that creates a lot of friction. Now that's somewhat normal. And then I guess the part that I guess I think I feel like in the communications, at least externally, has been kind of mismanaged was they I felt like they were very positive. I went back and read the the progress mm-hmm. announcement, the progress blog post, uh, the chef blog post. You know, I'll just read, read like one line here is that um, uh, for chef, the acquisition is our next chapter in progress will help enhance our growth potential, support our open source vision and provide broader opportunities for our customers, partners, employees, and communities. So that's like, I mean, you know, I don't want to get like all pedantic here, but I will. It's like, you know, words matter. Like you say employees, right? You say, mm-hmm. like, you you really make the case in that kind of statement that like this is an opportunity to grow it going forward. And, and I think everyone yep. kind of took that at face value. But then, you know, on the heels of that, just weeks later, 
right? I hear everybody's like interviewing for their job. The interviews, I think, I, I don't think I'm breaking news. I don't think they were very in-depth. They felt very perfunctory, right? Like, hey, sure. I'm just going to say I interviewed you. And then all of these people you know, are basically given the door. And so I, I think, you know, you can handle these things in a different way. That blog post didn't have to be written that way, right? They don't have sure. to write that. They could, you know, because, you know, when you're writing, you're not just writing for your customers. I mean, you're writing for the employees and everyone's reading it too. And, you know, you may not come out and say like, we're going to like on this date, this action is going to happen, but you can certainly leave things out and say like, Hey, this is a position. Like we have a goal. We know what we're going to do. We are going to have to reorganize the business for future profitability, but we're going to do it in such a way that we take care of the people who've contributed to it. And we make sure we take of our customers going forward. You could say something like that and, you know, at least set the table for where you're going. So I think the communication on this has not been good. I want to, I want to actually just go back to the, uh, the chef comp real quick. And just mention this, where one of the reasons why ChefConf was so successful is because we would have our customers come and build those relationships with the chef employees that they knew that they were building the code to make their lives better. ChefConf wasn't just sales. It was actually a huge engineering uh, effort where the engineers, all the engineers were there. Right. Like you would if you were if you were part of the chef ecosystem, you were at ChefConf because you had an opportunity to build that relationship with someone using your code downstream to, to your point about the customers who use Chef. There are people now who are are um, rapidly loyal to specific people inside of the Chef um, org because they knew that they could get the problems fixed for their their problem in their ecosystem. And with the, the different layer, the different ways that people are exiting from Chef now, there is going to be backlash from that ARR because they're going to be like, oh, uh, Jane Doe and John Doe don't work at Chef anymore. I remember having a beer with Jane Doe at, at ChefConf where she told me, oh, it's just because they're, the Erlang server is doing blah, 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 or whatever, which allowed me to go back to my boss tell him what was happening. We got the patch put in and all of a sudden I didn't have to be woken up at three in the morning anymore. <laughs> right. That like that, that, that narration right there is a perfect example of that chef community. And to your point, the words that progress used to say what was going forward, it at least implied that they understood that the chef community is, is so much more than just a Jira ticket or a, Salesforce ticket or whatever Zendesk ticket of talking back and forth. It's a whole ecosystem of humans who come together to work on something. Yeah. Sorry, and I, I'm a little I, passionate about that one. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> with you. And I think, you know, I think it's not so much like, I think sometimes private equity gets a bad rap. I think sometimes they, they play a role. And I talked about that earlier about sometimes they're, it's a necessary exit. It's the right exit for people. But then sometimes pri private equity just makes its own bet. You're like, you can be, there's no sympathy. Right. And I think, uh, I didn't know much about progress before this. Like I said earlier, I haven't been following them, but like, I'm not going to name any names, but like, there's a long list of private equity uh, names that we all know. And like, we all know kind of how it goes, right? Like, so if someone says, oh, I got by X, like, you know, you know, right away, it's like, well, you know, they're going to really, you know, take it down to, to the bare bones and, and really, you know, if you will, treat it as a cash cow. Other places are, they're going to invest in it. 
and typically try to like flip it. Right. And it's like, we all know, like everybody knows who they are. It's no, there's no secrets here. Like you all know, I don't need to tell you, you know, right now there's names in your mind that are popping up like, Oh, that's this company. Think of a pun about (laughs) getting to the Vista of something. Right. Hey, I I didn't say, I I didn't say anything, JJ. I'm just like, (laughs) that's for the listener to decide what we know. We know. So, um, but I also think, you know, when they do it, it's like, Hey, we know, like there isn't any, there's no pretense of like, uh, all this false communication. It's like that those people come in and they generally tell you right of way, this is what's going to happen. It's unfortunate. We're going to get through it. We're going to move on. You know, you're going to go on and hopefully get another job very quickly, but it's, it is. And I think how you do these things, like both the communication, uh, is very important. Right. And I think it's fine if, you know, in, in this case, open source is always going to be tricky for private equity, but it can be done, I think, in the right way where you make some calculation around the community, decide whether or not it's worth it to keep the community going and invest in it. Or, and more importantly, once you've made that decision, and this should all be done before you buy this, right? You think exactly. clearly about the communications because this isn't like we're putting on a press release. Nobody cares. It's just another, I, my, my maintenance bill goes from this address to this address and it's nobody cares the customers. In that kind of case, like it is really, really important to think about the communication and, and kudos to the register here. They followed up with a nice article and I'm just going to read one quote here from the CEO of progress it says, uh, and then, cause they basically ask him like, you know, like uh, how should people think about this? And so this is his quote. If I was speaking to the customers, I would tell them, Watch our actions, watch the results, watch the outcomes, he said. See what kind of service you get from us. See what kind of support you get from us. And I've, end quote. So I just say there, it's like, we are like, we have been watching the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like we are watching everything that you're doing, right? And I think, and when I say it's like the massive royal we, it's like all of your employees, all of your customers, everyone has access to Twitter. Everyone has access to social media. Everyone is watching. It's like, it's not now that you start watching. It was, we've been watching like when the announcement came, what the communications Mm -hmm. were and now what the actions are. And so at this moment, like we are judging it. Like we're, you know, we look at this as like, did you value the company correctly? Question mark. The communications Mm -hmm. of this has not gone well. I cannot imagine anybody at progress is happy about this, happy about getting this Mm -hmm. article written. Um, And then, you know, going forward, of course, we'll just have to see what happens. It doesn't necessarily mean that like, all is lost, like, you know, chef is gone forever, but I think they have a big hole to, to try to dig out here. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, whether or not it happens, you know, we'll wait, to, wait and see. And then finally, you know, the other, the, I guess maybe the, the long, last part of this is the employees. It's like, you know, all of these people are talented and I'm sure they will quickly get gainful employment um, without too much effort. That being said is, and I think, you know, you mentioned this on uh, your recent episode of uh, Drunk and Retired and, and some of your, your co-hosts, it's like, that all said, like going through any type of forced change, layoff, firing, mm-hmm. whatever you want, is an awful experience. And I, I, I mean, I think it's awful for everyone, even like, you know, we are privileged to live in this kind of world where we can generally get, you know, good jobs, even when these things happen, we can kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, have enough savings or a way to like transition from one job to the next. So I'm not even talking about the people who have it really bad, like the real struggles in life, but but that said, like, hey, when, you know, I think you even talked about how you went through it and it was very depressing, even though that you think maybe at the end, you know, you ended up in a better place. Like going through that is a very, very difficult environment, even mm-hmm. for the best, smartest, greatest people. Right. Uh, and then you throw on top of that, you know, we're in this like weird situation of the pandemic and, you know, it's just, you know, a lot, I don't know, everything seems up in the, the air. You, know, you even alluded to some of the political uneasiness, at least here in the United States. 
Uh, so, I mean, I have nothing but sympathy for them. So I think when, you know, people say like, oh, it'll be fine. They'll work out. It's like, I mean, it's not good for anyone to go through this. I, I don't think, <laughs> I think one of your co-hosts said something like, you know, in the end, people all say like, oh, you know, it happened. I'm better for it. I'm like, nah, not really. I mean, <laughs> like, you got through it. You survived. You probably built some yeah. resiliency skills. But like, you know, you don't, you, it'd be good to just skip that too, to not have to do it or do it in a way that is as humane as humanly possible. Like if you're going to take this on, be clear about the communication, be as generous as you possibly can with severance and outplayment and, and insurance and helping people. Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't, we're not in those meetings. We don't know exactly all the details, but it certainly is coming across in the community that it doesn't feel like that community or the, that group of employees got a ton of notice or a ton of extra benefits. So I don't know. I just want to say like, I feel for that group of people. And, and of course, you know, you, myself, anyone else, you know, we're happy to like, if people reach out, we can certainly put them in touch with other people that are looking. Um, but again, I just think I kind of go back to like, you know, this kind of acquisition. I mean, I, I really, if we were grading, we'd be like, this is an F like nothing here has mm -hmm. gone well, in my opinion. So just wanted to, to throw that out as well. You got any more thoughts on this, JJ? No, I think I, you said it better than I could have ever said it. Um, I, I, I am forever grateful for everything that chef, the chef, chef community, chef ecosystem, chef, the company has ever given me. Um, I am a, like you, I, on the call right now, I have one of the posters from um, ChefConf 2018 on my wall that is a single run and it will never go down because <laughs> I have a constant reminder of myself that I am still part of that community. It might be smaller. It might not exist anymore, but I am for where I am in this world. I would have never gotten there without it. And I, I will fight for whatever I can do to make people be more successful and to, to, Brandon's point just a moment ago, if you ever do want to reach out to me and I can help you in any way, I'm, my door is open. All right. Fantastic. All right. Chef, end of an era. All right, yeah. JJ, let's bring it up a little bit. Let's give some people <laughs> some, some, something else to talk about and something else to listen to uh, at when this podcast ends. So you've been doing uh, a new podcast that's not necessarily new. It's, I guess we'll say it's somewhere in the, we'll just say it's in the Cote network of podcasts. You know, he's got like 17 million different one, ones. So you have reinvigorated. I took, this puppy. I, took his, <laughs> I took that puppy and I started taking care of it for him. I was going to say, you, you've reinvigorated you and some of your co-hosts, uh, drunk and retired. So it's back. It's been, you've been doing regular episodes, I don't know, for several months now. So uh, yeah. if maybe that got, you know, deleted from your, your podcast feeds, you should add it back, but give us a little, like what, what is drunk and retired? Who are the hosts? What are you guys talking about on that podcast? I got the, um, so it's, it's me, uh, tasting me, Paul's or Paul Tarkowski and, uh, uh, Matt Broberg. Um, we were three, three, basically people that came together, um, at Fosdem 2020, just before everything kind of went bad for everybody. And, uh, a buddy of mine named Jan Claire suggested, uh, that, he was just walking with us as we were walking from random Fosdem place with beer to other random Fosdem place with beer. And he looked at us when we were talking. He's like, I haven't had need to say anything because y'all are basically doing a podcast right now. And you're, <laughs> you're talking about everything I wanted to know. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you guys should really do a podcast. Um, so we started with Cote, with me and Paul. We got Matt involved. And we've just kind of hit the ground running where we talk about uh, cooking food and 
nerdy tech stuff that we all are kind of in the same ecosystem about trying to interpret it, what's going on in the world. Yeah, so I think it's a lot of tech culture, and then it's uh, Paul definitely, uh, Tasty Meets Paul, so everyone doesn't know him. So he's the one that, um, I think I said something on the show, like, I can't, like, how do you get a good hamburger, or Kote says something, how do you get a good hamburger in uh, in yeah. Europe or something? And so Paul did a fantastic YouTube video, and he has a bunch of videos, and he yeah. does a ton of barbecue and cooking, and like, I've learned a lot about what smash burgers and like, I don't know. He just, he's like a scientist cooker. Like he just knows, like he knows everything. He's like, Oh, well the reason this is, uh, you know, is dry is because you didn't have this and it does in the water. I was like, I don't know. It's all magic to me. I don't know how to cook at all. Uh, so Uh, uh I was going to say a really bad secret is he loves for me to tell how I'm doing something. And then he tells me that I'm wrong on the podcast because Mm -hmm. I'm doing it wrong. And then he tells everyone how to do it correctly. So don't do it the way JJ does it. Do it the way CZ does it. <laughs> have you ever noticed? So this is a quick aside, but have you ever noticed? Like, I think there are like um, there are people that just like their preferred um, form of communication is sort of like critique and advice. Like, I just mm-hmm. think there are like different. There are certain people. And so I'm like, I like Paul. So I'm t- tasting me Paul's longtime listener. So this is not meant. This is a critique. This is like so meta. This is a critique of Paul's style. Mm-hmm. But Paul enjoyed. Like he he is most passionate upon correcting someone right upon being like let me explain to you how it is right that is like like that's his like best communication style because he's like you kind of he kind of clicks into like a zone right of where like he like like a little switch goes on and then he and he really extrapolates and gives you some tremendous information right but like you need to set him up with a it's much better to be like to do something wrong right so you're uh, you know, JJ, you can say like you do it on purpose because it gets the best out of Paul. Maybe you could just make it obvious. <laughs> but like that really is because like when he gets in that mode, he then starts explaining stuff. You're like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Didn't know that. And then, you know, so that that is his uh, I, I think he just has that like uh, it would almost be better if he was presenting to have someone go up and just like say a bunch of wrong stuff and then have Paul just come in. Right. <laughs> that would be like if you were like matching up, Paul, be like, that's that's this is the way he should present. So uh, yeah. but I say that. And listen, nothing but respect. Man is super knowledgeable about that man has written like, uh, like, like, I don't know, like a million pages about how to set up OBS. I I started reading it. Then I was like, this is too detailed. I just, I'm, 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 you know what I'm going to do? Not do this is what I'm going to do. So anyway, that's a long, that's a long endorsement of go check out drunk and retired. I'll put a link in on the show notes. You can just scroll, scroll, um, right, right now in your podcast player, you can go over and you can subscribe to it right now. If you just search drunk and retired and then JJ, give us your uh, streaming address for your, for your day job. Where do we find you on Twitch? Uh, yeah, uh, twitch.tv slash IBM developer. Uh, I'm pretty consistent on Thursdays and Fridays in the afternoon. And then uh, just follow me on Twitter uh, at JJ Asgar. You'll usually see me announce what I'm going to be doing and or anything major coming down the line. Um, that's also basically what my Twitter feed has become. I've realized recently I need to fix that. <laughs> right. But it's just, you know. What are your greatest sets? Didn't you do Cobol and Kubernetes at one time? Weren't you oh, doing that? Is that still going? Oh, actually, I, I presented that today at, oh a, at a, uh, a webinar where, um, no joke, uh, immediately after they did a poll, because it was a webinar, they can just do a poll, I got a 75% um, excellent rating wow. on my presentation on wow, COBOL and Kubernetes. Now, that's a bunch of nerds who never say A plus on anything. Yeah. So, that, so 75 that just, is like 100. I mean, that's amazing. So yeah, you did exactly. that one. You were talking about doing um, Kubernetes the hard way, Kelsey Hightower's. Uh, uh, are you yeah. still? Is that still on the list, or is that is it too hard? Uh, no, I'm actually uh, just before coming onto this call. Actually, um, I was on, I did part four. Part four. How uh, many parts are there? 
This are there well, like... so there's 13 like steps oh you got to go through to oh do my it all. God. Yeah, but we've actually gotten all the way to a working Kubernetes cluster. Okay. Um, but in the best, and hopefully somebody giggles at this, DNS is fucking us over, uh-huh. and we can't figure out why. Okay. And it's so it's so like meta for my career where <laughs> DNS again it's come out of nowhere and just like bit me. Being like, ha ha ha, JJ, you, you 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 see the end, you see the end of the tunnel, but you can't get past me yet. So working on DNS. As soon as that works, then we're uh, we're actually officially done. That's fantastic. Well, great. Well, there you go. Everyone's got a ton of content. Like, I mean, we escape everything. They got a podcast to listen to. They got streaming to 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 watch. And then, of course, they learned what we all learned. And then it's it's always the network. The network is like no one really understands networking. You just you can only get to like you can never really completely get it. And if you do understand networking, you're unable to communicate it to anyone else, and you like live in your own world. Like this, it's like a weird pr- prison. Like oh, I'm an expert, but I can't talk to anyone anymore. So, um, so all right. Well, that's lots of stuff to do. All right. Well, listen, uh, if you want a sticker, like I've given JJ many stickers. Well, in case of JJ, I just see him and I just give him stickers. But you, I probably <laughs> will not see. So this is what you can do. Send your postal address to stickers at uh, softwaredefinedtalk.com. I'll be happy to send you a sticker, as many as you want, anywhere in the world. And, uh, and really enjoy doing it. And I really enjoy hearing uh, from the listeners. So reach out at any time. Tell me whatever you want, want, and I'll make sure to send you a sticker. And with that, we will talk to you next time.